Welcome to the Extra Point Podcast, part of the preaching ministry of Moberly Baptist Church in East Texas. Extra Point provides helpful follow-up to Sunday's message. Specifically, Extra Point allows us to discuss some of the extra points from the message that we didn't have time to fully discuss on Sunday and even answer questions from the listening audience. Feel free to submit questions by emailing extrapoint at moberly.org. My name is Jeffrey Davis, and I'm the campus pastor of the Marshall Campus of Moberly Baptist Church. And here I am uh, today with Paul Coleman, the teaching pastor at Moberly Baptist Church. Paul, really good to be here this morning. Good morning. Good to see you. We're having a conversation this morning about uh, the names of God. And as we get in, let's just take a few seconds and go back to the beginning and where this idea came from to do a series about the names of God. How did God put this on your heart? I felt like, you know, with what we were going through as a church at the time that that for a few weeks anyway, it would just be there were a couple things. One, it was just I felt like it would be a good thing for us as I prayed just to focus on the Lord, the constant, who doesn't change, who is dependable and trustworthy, because everything was kind of shaky mm. for a while there in the life of our church. And so I just wanted to focus on the Lord. But the second part of that was... I don't remember having been here for many, many years. I don't remember ever a time a sermon series or anything from the pulpit, really, even when we used to have Sunday night services and we would do more of a Bible study. I don't remember anything ever on the names of God. And years ago, I did a, a sort of a brief uh, study of the names of God with one of my youth groups when I was a youth pastor. But I don't know. The Lord just led me to that, and I thought, I'm intrigued by it because I hadn't done a study as a, you know in several years myself of it. So that's kind of where it came from, and I have enjoyed studying this. It's been rich. It has been, and I hear it every week from somebody. We see it on the Facebook comments, on our Facebook stream, on YouTube. Uh, people who have been believers for decades and decades who are saying, wow, there's so much more to God than I ever thought. And it's been a real encouragement. Yeah, I've gotten the same response uh, from people who just say, you know, same thing. I've known a little bit, but I never knew all of this. One man emailed me. I shared this in my message on Sunday. Uh, one man emailed me this past week from our church, and he's a he's an avid study a studier of the Bible and student of the Bible, and a great you know just a great um, analytical mind. And so he he told me that what he does, he has a, a list of the names of God that he goes through, and he divides it up into several names a day, and then he uses that during his meditation time when he, when he prays, just to get his mind right, just to do what Spurgeon said, you know, have a clear apprehension of the of view of God that's accurate, you know. So yes. I love that, that people are not just gaining knowledge. We started the message by talking about love yeah, and, and reading a passage from Hosea where where the question really was not how is your love for God, but what does God think of your love mm. for Him? That's a better question. <laughs> so that's the goal, is that each of us would have a greater love for God. Yeah. I use the illustration uh, at the end of the intro, which we normally don't put illustrations in intros <laughs> right, as, uh, you can. <laughs> as, as pastors, but uh, I just said, hey, when you get in your car today and you fire it up, you crank it up, and all the lights on your dash come on, if there was a new gauge on your dashboard... Hmm. That that measured your love for God today. Wow! Af- after hearing about two more names of God, would it be would the needle be ticking toward fickle, you know, like Ephraim and Judah, yeah. or would it be ticking toward faithful? Now that you know more about, because they're always linked. 
And uh, uh, so I, I love that comparison. Uh, much of my ministry has really been built on, probably because I was discipled by you for a time, but uh, has been built on this idea that love for God is supreme. And mm-hmm. uh, so I appreciate how you drew that out in your message too. Tell us about the names of God we're talking about this week. This week we talked about Adonai, which is the word that means uh, Lord or Master or even Owner. That was the first name. <clears throat> and often it's linked with Yahweh, uh, so it could be Yahweh Adonai or Adonai or Adonai Yahweh, or sometimes even Elohim is mixed in, but that's translated generally in your Bible in the English as Lord God. Hmm. And then the second name is Yahweh Zidkenu, which is an interesting name, which means the Lord is our righteousness. It's found in Jeremiah. So at first, again, I said this yesterday in my message, but when I put, I, I give God credit because honestly, I, I didn't really know exactly which two names to put together. When I sat down and looked at all the names and said, which two names go together? You know, a couple of them I kind of thought, okay, but I really, like these two, I, I didn't really see the connection initially when I put these two together. And then you start studying it and you go, it's a God thing that these two... <laughs> fit perfectly together. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just a God thing to me. It's not a Paul Coleman thing at all. So. Yeah, and that's good clarification for our listeners is that there's not, you know, in, in our church context, there's no prescription for what we should be uh, preaching. Uh, we really are relying on God to to give us that and then uh, to organize that for us. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things I think is helpful uh, is to remember that even in our preparation, uh, it's, it's all reliant on the Holy Spirit to speak to us and through us. I kind of wonder if we would just shuffle all the names up and and just like throw them out on the table like dice and then put, match them together, and it could be totally random. I wonder if we would have the same experience. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you would see, because there is complete integrity in the character of God. So yes, they go together. Sure. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> but it's unique even in the the idea, I don't know, it's just... It would be, you're right. You could take any two of them and they would fit together. Uh, it's just interesting the way the Lord has organized it for this sermon series, in my opinion. Because I, you're right. We we I know we both seek to start just by <clears throat> when I do sermon prep. Usually on Tuesdays, I sit down and you know I just I just steal my heart before the Lord. Yeah. And I start from scratch. I got a blank slate. Even if I know what two names, like this next week, I know what two names we're going to talk about. But it's a blank slate as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, and I just try to sit down and say, Lord, I just want to be filled, vessel. You just fill yeah. me. You speak through me. You say what you want to say. I'm willing to communicate that for you. But, I love it. Um, it is, it's a place of humility, but it's also a great privilege to get to do it. Yeah. So It's fun. So we're talking about Adonai and Yahweh Zidkenu. So Yahweh Adonai or Adonai, uh, like you mentioned, means Lord or Master. I mean, one of the things that I found in my study, I didn't bring out in the message, it's just a quick extra point, uh, is that that word itself in Hebrew is a modified form of the word add-on, which is actually a plural in Hebrew. Yep. Yep. I don't know if you saw that in your study, but uh, I thought that was so fascinating because there's actually multiple times in the Old Testament where God is described in the plural, even though it's mm-hmm. referenced uh, you know, grammatically plural, but referencing as almost as if it's singular. A great example of that is in the creation story. Right. And uh, so what do you make of that? And Well, it's like Elohim, the very first name we ever talked about is plural. And, uh, you know, some translators will say, well, it just means that, um, you know, God is 
supreme or it could mean gods, you know, because you have to understand when you approach commentaries or people who give commentary on the Bible, sometimes they have a very liberal point of view. So you have to be careful. You can't take everything at face value. And so, but what I see in that is the Trinity. What I see in that is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, that God has always been Trinitarian. And so he's always been Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even though the Son didn't live on the earth at that time. So that's what I, that's what I take away from the idea of when this, when God's name is used in the plural form, it's just God's way of communicating to us that He's the same. Yeah, you know, because the Jewish people would say the Lord our God is one. He's that's one right. Lord. Yeah. So they thought that the idea, even in the New Testament, sometimes the idea that the Trinity was blasphemous to them because they were like, no, the Lord is one. He's not three. He's one. He is one, but He's three in one. You know? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and you know this same word uh, kind of morphed and uh, over the over you know a thousand years plus, and and uh, then you know was transliterated and and transitioned. They had to develop words for this concept in different languages and, until ultimately it was in Greek, and then in our New Testament we see the word kurios, uh, uh, for which we translate Lord or Master, and uh, first time I came across that word, I, I was actually reading Mary's. Uh, Magnificat, you know, the mm-hmm. song of praise when Jesus is, is about to be born. And, uh, and so Mary is singing this uh, song of praise in Luke chapter 1. And it's all about how God is her master and mm-hmm. her Lord. And uh, I thought that's really fascinating uh, to just have the perspective that whatever happens in my life, however ordinary or extraordinary it is, uh, or uncomfortable or or difficult, I can trust God because He's my Lord. Talk to us about that concept of trust, how we see it played out in Abram's life in Genesis 15, where we first see the word Adonai, the name Adonai, uh, but even just pastorally, how does that play out in our lives? You know, that's a great connection. I think people generally think of obedience when they think of lordship. Well, if someone's my lord, I have to submit to them. It's sort mm. of like, or here I go, I've got to do this. But really, what you see in, in Genesis 15 is Abram trusting. He says, what can you give me? And, and I don't think it's a complaint necessarily. I think it's him going to, he calls, you know, God, he calls Yahweh his lord. Yeah. One describes the character, that's Yahweh, then the Lord really describes his role in mm. Abram's life, that he is in charge. I mean, Abram has demonstrated that. He's left everything familiar to him, his father's land, and traveled to an unknown place on an unknown timeline. The only thing he knows for sure is Yahweh. And so it is a position of complete trust. Now, Abram didn't even always get it right. If you go back and you know you read Genesis 12, 13, you see that he did some things he that's shouldn't right. do either. He, was he wasn't perfect. a perfect man. He's not the ideal None of us are, but the point is, he did get this right. He trusted God as his Lord, as his master and ruler, which I think is a is a scary idea to a lot of people, but it's also, it brings a ton of peace into your life. It does. You talk about that for a second. It talk, when you trust the Lord, it, it, it you can, yeah, it's scary because you don't know what he's going to lead you to do that you feel uncomfortable doing, but at the same time, there's a peace about that. You do have peace, and... Sometimes it's peace that comes as you see God provide. And I think it's okay, even as a Christ follower, to trust God to the point where they don't feel comfortable. Yeah. And, you know, as a, uh, 
you know, we talked about yesterday a couple different scenarios, and uh, I'm not sure which even stories you chose, but there's several stories about people who left our church. We were able to send them out on mission. And I talked about a young couple who just last week had their last Sunday worshiping with us at the Marshall campus. And they are going to work as missionaries with Wycliffe Bible translators in Papua New wow. Guinea. And so they're on their way to training right now. They're in their first year of marriage, you know, wow. no kids, just out of college. And, 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 uh, and that's where their lives are going to go. They're an engineer and a teacher. And you think, you know, God didn't, you know, speak to them in a dream sometime and say, you're both going to be missionaries. Now go to school for, you know, to become a pastor and then go be, they said, you know, God spoke to them and said, be an engineer, be a teacher. And then along the way, he was giving them nudges and passions and, and, uh, and here they are on their way to Papua New Guinea, which I said in the message, if you think that sounds like a nice place, go Google it. Maybe it's a beautiful place, but... There's a lot of stuff going on there that's really scary. Yeah. And I think it's okay for them to have a little bit of nerves because what will happen is they'll see God provide. And along the way, they'll learn trust and peace. Yeah. And uh, I think it's pretty fascinating. Well, I know when I, when I had this experience in my life, I shared about in the message when I, when I finally, I guess, came to the place. It's, it's stages, but it, it, at one stage in my life initially where I, I was a new Christian and where I, I dealt and struggled with the idea of submitting my life to Jesus as my Lord, fully in control, fully in charge. Who do I, where do I go? What do I, who do I talk to? Every day I'm just submitted to you and really trusting you. I shared with the congregation the campus over here that you know my life was instantly flooded with peace and fear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because... I thought peace in the sense that, okay, I'm finally, this is settled. You're Lord. Yep. Now what? Now what? <laughs> what are you going to yeah. lead me to do now? Yeah. But I'm still going to have peace about it. And that, right. that has repeated itself in my life so many times. So, yeah, it's both things, I think. You know, in Genesis 15, Abram, uh, who we now know as Abraham, right? His name changes, but at this point he's Abram. Uh, he's in this conversation with God. And I think it's cool to to go back and read, even as he's coming out of some kind of dark places in his journey, you know, go back to chapter 12, and he he leaves everything he owns and knows and all that kind of stuff, because he's following God, he's trusting God, which is, while he hadn't called God his Adonai yet, he's acting as if he is That's true. already in chapter 12. And then you get through chapter 13 and 14, he's got some weird things with the Pharaoh and his wife going yes. on, and you go, man, this has got to be a dark place in his life. But still in chapter 15, he's in a conversation with God. And so they're talking to one another, and uh, and he calls, he addresses God as Yahweh Adonai. And I thought about this because in our Bible, it just says Lord God. But that's the English version of it. And I thought about how I pray. And I pray God. I, I say, God, and I'll start my prayer. I address Him as just God. But what would happen in my life, in my heart, if I paused and took the approach to talk to God with n- names of God? What if I said, self-existent, personal, present, Lord and Master? Yeah. It changes your attitude, even how you address God. Totally. If I'm going to address my Lord and Master, we're going to be talking about more than my meal. You know, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. I love that. I think that's great. What I love about even chapter 12, or chapter 13 there and 14 with Abram, I think you just made me think of this, and I did not say this in my message, so it's an extra point. I think so many times we tend to think of our lives or people that we know who we put on a pedestal 
and we think they're either this or they're this. Yeah. They're either a follower of God or they're not. They're either in love with God or they're not. And yet, in the Bible, what we see is people like Abram and lots of other people who are just like us who are both things. Yeah. They're both things. <laughs> minute to minute yes, sometimes. Yes, <laughs> it is. That's exactly right. Because you're right. He leaves in chapter 12. He leaves everything familiar to him. He, he, he follows Yahweh as his Lord. And then he gets in a situation where he doesn't know what to do. And instead right. of trusting, he goes and falls back on his own human wisdom. Right. And that's so me. That's yeah. so me. I, you know, this week I've struggled with that with some things. And so I just go, the Bible is so honest. I love that. Every time. Yeah. Every time. Well, let's talk about Zidkenu. Yeah. I know we could talk a lot more about lordship, and uh, that's probably a podcast in itself, maybe even a sermon series, Paul. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, Zidkenu, uh, Yahweh Zidkenu, is the Lord is our righteousness. And so we go from Genesis all the way to the prophet Jeremiah. Uh, things have changed significantly for the Israelites. Uh, they've become a people uh, by this point. Uh, they've gone through kings. Uh, they've, they're a nation now. There's you know international interests and intrigue and uh, here they are, um, wandering from God again, yep. and just like we're talking lives. about. You yeah, know? <clears throat> exactly. And God gives this prophecy through Jeremiah uh, about a better king. That's right. Their previous leaders had led them astray, but there's hope. There's a better king coming, a better leader. And think about that. God's intention was never for them to have a human king. Right. His intention was always that he would be their king. Yes. And so, okay, you want a human king? I'll give you. And, and that boy, how many of those kings led Israel into terrible things? You know. And so, in fact, the the history of Israel's there are very few good kings. Most of them were kings that were compromised or did mm-hmm. things that were evil on the side of the Lord and sinful. And and so here, you know, God's intention from the very beginning was, and you see the gospel all the way through. The Bible is that he was always intended to be their righteousness, always intended to be their way to him, which is kind of hard to think about if you you think of saying he's the one that initiates everything, and yet he's the one that's completely innocent in all of yeah. uh, the yeah. things that we talk about here in terms of human sinfulness. Yeah. So that was always his intention. And so he says, look, I intended to be your king at the beginning. I always intended to send my son to be your king. So ultimately, when I when my son is reigning as king, he will restore uh, Ephraim and Judah and Israel as a nation. And to those who trust in Jesus, he'll restore them to a right relationship because the Lord is our righteousness. That's the name Zidkenu. And so I love that because I mentioned this yesterday uh, in my message that we would talk a little bit today in the podcast about justification. Right. Big word. Justification is like righteousness. It's one of those biblical words that, and maybe even less understood because people go, what is justification? And early on in my discipleship, and you probably heard this too, I probably shared it with you and you were in my youth group, is the idea that you can think of it in this way, that justified, someone who's justified is, you can think of it this way, just as if I'd never sinned. And it's the idea really of what we, where our position is with God. Who are we in our position with God? So we go from being uh, condemned before we meet Christ to after meeting Christ, pardoned. You know, we go from being uh, guilty to being innocent. Yeah, that's crazy because most of us think I'm not innocent. Right? No, I'm not innocent. No, but Christ is innocent. Right. And He is our righteousness. I love what Paul says in Romans. He says. Um, 
in Romans 5, 8, he says, well, actually, if you go back and read the end of, of chapter 4, he says, he was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Therefore, since we have been dis- declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our mm. Lord Jesus Christ. Since we've been declared righteous, if God declares you righteous, there's no one, he's El Elyon, there's no one above him. He's the most high. So if he declares you righteous, you are Righteous. You are righteous. It's, it goes yeah. back to what happened with Abram in chapter 15 of Genesis. He said, what can you give me? And God gave him a promise. And if God gives you a promise, you're solid. You're, <laughs> you're solid. good. And if God says you're righteous, it doesn't matter who says you're not righteous. You are righteous before the Lord. Even though you don't feel righteous, even though you think, I still do things, think things, yeah. I act in an unrighteous way. Yeah. In your position, though, before God... You are changed forever. You are now. So the beautiful thing is when you start to understand that, and I hope that was true for people as they began to think about that yesterday, once you understand that you are declared righteous, then maybe you ought to start thinking of yourself that way instead of always thinking of yourself as, I'm sinful, I'm fallen, I'm corrupt, I'm Mm -hmm. evil, (laughs) all these things that we know about ourselves. Well, we think of God Mm -hmm. as judge, and we've talked even last week and prior weeks talking about the names of God. He is. He's the final authority. He's the judge. Ancient of days, we talked about last week. But there's a misunderstanding about the Bible. A lot of people who read the Bible think, as, or, or even think they know about the Bible. They look at the Old Testament, and they say, that God is the judge. He's spiteful and, and vindictive and all these negative things about how he judges sin. Uh, but then even those same people, some of them maybe who even believe in Jesus, would say that the New Testament God is different, that maybe he had some kind of change of heart uh, yeah. somewhere in history, that he would stop you know, uh, condemning people and start rescuing people from their sin. But that's not it at all. And here we are in the Old Testament, right here in the middle of disobedience, Correct. When if the Israelites stood before God as judge, I mean, it's it's a nail in the coffin kind of moment. It's it's enough. We've had enough. There's no more grace. And that's what he, in our minds, probably should have done, but he's not that way. Yeah. He's full of grace, and he is our righteousness and, and his whole intent from the beginning of time. And I, even before, I think, before creation, right. his intent was to become our righteousness, because it's not a decision he made, it's a character trait of his. And so uh, it, it's descriptive of who he is. So he knew yeah, Jesus would stand in our place. Absolutely. So to be justified means to be made righteous, even though, or to be made right in your position with God. <clears throat> so, so nothing can change that. That is secure, it is eternal, it is decided, it is unchangeable, it's declared by God. That's so right. That is a fact in our lives. And so, man, what would happen if people grabbed a hold of their true, their real position before God, having changed now in Christ because of Christ? And let me just say, there's a lot of places, the New Testament's full of references related to the idea of justification. Galatians chapter 3 yes. is a great chapter that deals with the whole subject of, is it law or grace or how did we get here? It's a great chapter for someone to read. Romans, obviously, middle of Romans there, chapters 5, 6, or that area is a great place to read about justification too. But it's an idea that's woven throughout the entire, not just New Testament, but Old Testament as well, that God wants to declare us righteous. He wants to change the way 
we do think of ourselves. He wants to. He does change our position, but it, but our condition is often what we focus on. The the status of our relationship currently, like you know, you could be in your condition with God. You could be full of trust, or you could be full of doubt. Mm-hmm. You could have faith or not. You could be pursuing God, or your your relationship could be one of apathy. We talked about love yesterday. You could right. be in a position of, of being fully loving God, or you could be sort of in the infatuation stage where you're fickle, where you're, ah, I love him today. I don't know. Tomorrow, I'm not sure. You know, just kind of, or I love him this morning. I'm not sure about this afternoon. Depends. Well, you know. it could be worse. You know, it could be like the prodigal son, where we know his position was He's still son. a son. Yep. But he went the whole way, essentially stole his inheritance. Leaves his homeland, you know, forsakes his father. Wish you were dead to me, and that's kind of how we act toward God, right? Uh, even kind in of our when condition, we're, yeah, it's our condition, and you know, we talk about moment to moment. <clears throat> sometimes we're with him, sometimes we're. I mean, the prodigal son, if you take that as an analogy, he was against God, yeah. And there's probably someone in our lives, maybe it's a listener today, who said to God. Yes, I, I love you. I want to follow you. At some point in their lives, they trusted Jesus by faith, and their position was changed. But today, they may be far from God. And even listening today, I want to just say you have there's hope uh, because your condition with God uh, doesn't impact your position with Him. That's right. If your faith has been placed in Jesus, at some point, God became your righteousness, and you can still come back to Him through repentance, which is something I kind of drew out of this as an application point, that wherever you are in your life, if you have a position of faith, you've been made righteous by God through Jesus by faith, there's never a downside to confessing sin. There's never anything uh, wrong, uh, or there's like there's never a downside. There's, there's no, nothing to lose by uncovering some sin, whether it's right at the surface, the way you're living your life, uh, or whether there's something a little bit below your surface, an attitude you have, or something way deep, a thought that you've never shared with anybody. any of that, There's never a downside to letting God excavate those things out of your heart and soul and expose the wrong in you, because His nature is to make you right. Yeah, can, you said it. It can never change your position. Right. So if it can never change your position, why give it power? And, and I think you, you just said something that made me think, why do we spend so much time thinking about our condition, focused on our condition, <clears throat> instead of our position? Because when you think about your position, when you think about it, and, and you know, there's certain parts of the Bible that talk about that we're heirs. That's our yes. position. <laughs> yes. You know, and we don't think much about our inheritance, but we are heirs of the That's most right. high God. Yeah, Ephesians and, 1 is a great yeah. uh, example that talks about being seated at the right hand of God with Christ. So why don't we walk around in the full awareness of our position before God? Because that mm. is <laughs> transformational in people's... It would be... I can do that more in my life. I mean, I'm just mm. sitting here thinking about that and going, that's something I need to do more of. And, and I love that because if, if my position was up to me, if it was conditional, which it's not, it, it really wouldn't be anything else to celebrate. But the fact that it's not based on me or any human response is so amazing. And it's just, that's God, to say, I'm going to secure you. Hmm. And so God hmm. is our righteousness is a thing to celebrate constantly because He is our only way that we can be righteous, but He makes us righteous. He declares us righteous. And uh, 
And so start living like a righteous person. Yeah. And think, and think of yourself in that way versus, because that's the way he thinks of us. That's think, right. Think of yourself the way he thinks of you. So it's rich, rich stuff. I love it. I love it. There's so much more to the conversation, even still. And um, it's just not time to even cover it right here in the podcast. So what I want to encourage our listeners to do is dig into this. Think about these things. Let them stir in your soul. And when a question comes up, email us, extrapoint at moberly.org. We want to continue this conversation and see you guys develop and grow uh, and mature in your faith with God and, and really to be transformed by Him. And so maybe this podcast will help you do that. Hopefully it is helping you as you lead other people. That's the mission of our church, people leading people to life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so as you grow in your relationship with Christ and as you lead others to Christ, we pray this podcast is helpful to you. It's been a fun time talking today, Paul, about Yahweh Adonai and Yahweh Zidkenu. And we hope all of our listeners are plugging in and we'll come back next week to listen to another episode of the Extra Point Podcast. If you need to connect with a pastor or minister or seek prayer or just take a next step in your spiritual journey, you can go right now to moberly.org slash next card. And in less than a minute, you can start your next step with Christ. And if you need uh, to take a next step with a church, that's a great way to do that as well. We hope you'll plug in with us at Moberly and check us out either online or in person, moberly.org slash online, or right here on one of our campuses on a Sunday morning. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We'll see you next time.